Good morning, you're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast. Your weekly look at what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by Untapped and the Untapped merch store. Check out store.untapped.com and use the coupon code podcast for 20% off anything you order. I'm Harrison. Double trouble. Perhaps a two for one or a, a buy one, get one free. No, John got both these beers for us today. Perhaps double bubbles. That works. So what, what I'm getting at, what I'm trying to kind of work out here with you guys is what to kind of call this episode uh, and the next one. We're actually drinking two beers today, this week and next week, uh, which we're excited about on the cast. We're starting across the pond today with a brewery hailing from Walkingham, England, or Wokingham, England, maybe. Um, once famous for its bell making and silk mills, now craft beer fans are being drawn to this town outside of London uh, by the intoxicating beers of this brewery about to enjoy uh, pumps out. They're almost too good to resist, as the brewery's name clearly suggests. But enough foreshadowing and playing with words. John, what are we drinking tonight? Well, so, yeah, as you alluded to, uh, many ways, Harrison, bravo. Uh, Harry and I are both each, we're each drinking a different beer. Correct. uh, But both of these from Siren, both of them an American IPA, and both of them 7.3% ABV. Mm. The one I'm cracking open is uh, from Siren called Be Even More Pacific. Love it. Uh, It's an experimentation they're doing as a California IPA. Uh, crisp, refreshing on the palate. This particular beer, um, they used Nelson Savon mm. hops or Savon hops. It's a New Zealand hop, yep. uh, which is a derivative of, has something to do with Sauvignon wine. Uh, and there's certainly a, like a grape flavor that comes from that hop. I'm excited to taste this. Um, in addition, there's also. Uh, Citra, Simcoe, and Hallertau Blanc, which I think Harry would agree is another grapey hop. That's so right. I'm really excited to try this one. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Uh, and so to kind of go alongside that, I'm having Neo Normal also, as John mentioned, from Siren Craft Brew IPA. Again, 7.3% ABV. This one, however, so some similarities there. The difference is, is you know, we'll find out actually if it's more than just this, but from the description, you can tell right away it's, it's kind of all about the hops. Uh, Neo Normal features uh, Talus hops from Yakima Chief Hops out in the Pacific Northwest. This is like, as far as we can tell, uh, one of the first like really commercially available beers to use this new hop. It comes from their hop breeding um, program, and uh, it's brand new as of 2020. So. According to Siren and Yakima Chief, we did a little bit of research on this. This uh, this hop, Talus hop, kind of brings a lot of pink grapefruit, tropical fruit aromas, pine, also some sage, which is kind of cool, uh, has been picked up. Um, so this is a West Coast IPA designed to showcase this brand new Talus hop. So I'm pumped for many reasons, bringing Siren period, but then also brand new hop. I mean, what's not to love there? So let's uh, let's dive in. Let's let's enjoy these things. Yeah, super. I mean, one of the first things I noticed when uh, I got these cans, like the cans themselves are matte black. Yeah. Uh, they've got beautiful artwork on them. 
Um, we ordered these from an online store called uh, Beer Nuts, Indeed. based out of uh, London, close to London, based out of England, and they will ship their uh, UK craft beer over here to the US. So I was more than excited to jump on and try that. I got this Heck box yeah. of these beautiful uh, black siren cans. I've never seen any any can like this yeah. over here in the States. Likewise. Uh, yeah. And, okay, so to the beer, uh, as if my foreshadowing wasn't enough, it's grapey, right? Like the color on this particular one, it's... You know, it's dark, and there's a little bit of haze thrown off in there. But the flavor, it's, I, I, won't, I won't claim to be able to identify this as, like, winey flavored, but there is. Like, if you have, like, a really dry Sauvignon Blanc and you get that, like, grassy white grape. Yeah. I can, I can, I can taste that in this beer just from the hops. Um, and it's, I mean, 7.3. Light, clean, crisp, refreshing, all those things you look for in a West Coast. This is great, man. How's yours taste? Yeah, so this is really cool. So mine is, it looks a little bit more straw colored than yours. Big, fluffy old head. And yeah, again, Talus Hops. So what's the, yeah, what's the deal with uh, with these guys? Nose is grapefruit. It's very similar to um, like the nose of like a, something that's been dry hop with Cascade. It's kind of like a dank grapefruity thing, like a dirt grapefruit which i love it's very smooth you know there's definitely i mean the bitterness is noticeable this is a west coast ipa and i would definitely say it checks those boxes and if you want to kind of learn more about american style ipas we cover that in uh episode 23 of the stovepipes episode when we drink stones ipa uh one of the original ipas out there american ipas so um dive in there uh for more detailed breakdown of this style but um Suffice to say, checks all the marks, but really it's like I get tons of grapefruit initially. I'm going to look forward to this thing warming up a bit. And then like yeah. almost like grapefruit and then like grape, but it's not, uh, it's more of a red grape than like a white wine grape, I guess. It's more rounded perhaps, that makes sense. It's not kind of as sharp as uh, white wine grapes can be to me and, and aggressive. It's like very smooth and kind of grapefruit to just grape so far, which is cool. You know, again, you don't expect brand new hop. But I can see this working well in not just IPAs, but in all kinds of things. Saisons come to mind, mm. you know, something wild like that. Hop forward Saison. Mm. But I love the body of this beer, too. It's great. Just similar to kind of what you were saying. It's very crisp. Um, yeah, it's got a great mouthfeel. It's just, it looks awesome. I'm trying, my brain's hunting for like, all right, <laughs> where's the the water's different? Like so much of this can be different than a American IPA. Where is the difference showing up? And I don't know if I can really like grab a single thing, which is kind of cool that it's, you know, you can brew West Coast IPA anywhere. Um, this is awesome. It's always, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, it's so much easier when we're tasting the same beer. Sure. Uh, because you might like, I might be in the middle of my first sip, and right. you'll and you'll tell me that the aroma reminds you of what you know, exactly. whatever, like grapefruit pith, and then right. all of a sudden that Boom. exists in the beer for me. Right? I don't, I don't know. For you guys listening at home, do you when you're drinking a beer by yourself, how do you pull out those you know like tiny little flakes? Like this tastes like a West Coast IPA, yeah, on the surface, and then diving in. Sometimes I have to use my nose to find those little things. Sure. Grape, 
hits me right on the face and I love it tastes like mm. like not abashedly it tastes like a beer that I would expect dogfish head to make nice. because I think their noble rot yeah reminds that was like the grapiest beer I've ever had right. in, until this one right there you go that's awesome that it's that grape forward and that is what Nelson Salvin hops are known for um, and Heather Tal Blanc so if they're finishing the beer with that and like relating heavily on the Nelson Salvin through the the boil you'd think yeah white wine kind of flavors would would lead to that whole thing but then that kind of what is now almost a classic combo of citra and simcoe in there as well could throw some dank some dankness your way is that happening john you get any any dank dankness dancing around or is the grape really the grape white wine kind of flavors really dominating no i would say normally i can pick up on that like dank resinous flavor my wife loves it mm-hmm. in a beer and usually we're very different like i can taste a beer and i'll know immediately Ooh, this one's for you right sure um it's not, like i'm not against it but it's not what i'm seeking sure. and i don't get much of that dank it's more it's juicy nice. it's um this is i mean if you didn't like so many beers, right? Um, but if you didn't, if I didn't know, I would just pick this up and assume, you know, some brewery near me made it. It doesn't taste like it's from the UK. That's probably ignorant as hell to say. <laughs> but, uh, well, but but you're right. I mean, you know, history is something that's you know hard to ignore. I mean, in a, a country that's made its name for itself on balanced kind of bitter beers and dark milds and uh, and things like that. It's um, yeah, like, you know, when you or you almost expect that, a more balanced approach to any beer, and then something hits you right on the palate like this is doing for me right now, and it sounds the same for you with, like, hops, and you're immediately, like, kind of wondering what local brewery or what crazy West Coast brewery concocted this thing, and that's just where your, your mind's going to associate. So it's cool to, knowing that we know it's from, uh, yeah, from, from Siren, um, yeah, like again, what okay, what does that mean when you when you taste it? Is there something that you can pull from that that an American brewery a flavor or a part of this experience that just you, you don't find here? And again, so far, I mean, maybe it's like again, the body is kind of what's jumping out to me, and maybe that has to do with the water profile. But I mean, I might just be kind of projecting that because that's what I was thinking I'd find a little biased and and hope a confirmation bias happening, hoping that's what it would be. So I'd just be imagining that. But suffice it to say, it's delicious, and I would drink a lot of it. And I'm, you know, jealous that, again, once again, that an awesome small town in the world somewhere has a brewery like this that I can just walk up to and grab this beer and enjoy it. Yeah, and and these guys are, I mean, they've been around for uh, seven years. Uh, originally launched in 2013, they've been awarded uh, from Camera, which nice. is. Uh, I think the largest single interest lobbying group in the entirety of the United Kingdom. Oh. Uh, they're no joke. Like they, they, they're an incredibly talented and successful brewery slash business. Love it. And I'm also quite in love with their branding. I've been, <clears throat> I've been trying to order yeah. a t-shirt from them for about four years. Um, <laughs> one day, one day, maybe. That's great. Um, what, so these are both American IPA styles. Yeah. Um, can I can I say without getting much backlash, Harrison, that the IPA itself is pretty much invented in England? Oh yeah, I mean that's exactly right. We covered this on uh, man an, an episode long ago, but sure, yeah, the India Pale Ale, right? We, we probably all everyone's heard this story from some guy in a bar, probably or whatever, 
a cool history teacher, maybe, um, <laughs> that, uh, right, hops are preservative and simply put that, you know, used to keep the best bitters and uh, that uh, breweries were punching out, producing in the 17, 1800s from spoiling on the long trip to India. Um, so, yeah, I mean, absolutely invented there. And again, it was kind of the necessity of invention something like that there's some there's something necessity is the mother of hops that's what it is perfect that's a beer that's a good beer name a good band name um but anyway yeah again it was kind of necessary and then uh, to make the beer you know just drinkable and lo and behold it in in the process created this style that is now the most checked in style and untapped in american uh american ipa is so but definitely started in england and if you're wondering okay english ipa american ipa will What's the difference? We will drink an English IPA someday on this podcast and talk about it more then. But you're, again, once again, overall, it's the balance. This beer, American IPA, is hop forward, distinctly bitter and hoppy, clean fermentation profile, and English style IPA can be more balanced where the malt and the hops are also, you know, kind of, it's not leaning one way or the other. Um, so love to drink them. There's a great one that Yard's brewing out of Philadelphia makes just called their IPA and it's their flagship IPA. It's an English style and it's, uh, it's delicious. Um, but, uh, but anyway, plenty of great ones out there. Um, but yeah, for today, we're drinking an American IPA brewed in the UK and it's, it's both of us and both of them and we're, we're digging it. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, it was, I've seen more, um, this is, this is probably just me not trying very hard, but if I want to find an English style IPA, I need to find it made by a local brewer. Sure. It's okay. So that just means it's difficult to get English beer over here. And that makes sense because there's a whole ocean you have to cross. <laughs> um, yes. But still. in when, when I discovered uh, beer nuts and yeah. the fact that they would ship obviously in the UK, but then they, they, you, there was an option where you could pay a little extra to ship it over here to the U S amazing. Okay. I'm in, um, it, I got about eight beers in the box and, and, and some beer nuts as well. Mm. Um, and it was, I was excited as heck, but it was, it was, it was UK craft. There was, right. um, I, I got a box from Verdant as well, yes. which I kind of equip in my head seems like the UK's treehouse. Oh, okay. Um, or something really exciting like that. Right. But point being in the UK, you have, you have like American style craft beer, which is really popular. And there's like a whole different scene, which we don't have over here in the U S where you're drinking like cask and keg Mm -hmm. is a differentiator. And over here, everything's keg. You might get a can or a bottle if you go to the right bar. That's right. Yeah. I mean, definitely a totally different brewing and beer tradition in the UK than in the US. A lot of it coming from real ales or cask condition ales and yeah, correct. That's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a different, it's a whole tier of beer drinking that the US totally miss. We kind of have like kind of domestic beer as it's commonly referred to or macro lagers or whatever you want to say about it and then craft and they kind of, you know, uh, you know, live in their worlds um, where, and oftentimes there's not much crossover there where in the UK you may have right kind of like, you'll have your cask condition ales and your craft beer. And sometimes those are on cask, sometimes they're kegged. And then you also have kind of more, I guess, imports, things like, 
you know, Stella Artois, beers that are available all, all over the place. Um, but it's that whole different level, almost maybe it lives in the middle where you could right, go to a pub and have a cask of Boddington's like we've done Ooh. on the show here. And then next to it on cask could be something from Beavertown or from Siren or from, you know, for two monks or whoever. Um, but then also maybe that beer is available on draft and more world Boddington's will just be on the hand pump or on nitro. So kind of comes down to serving size. And really what that is an extension of is the pub experience. And that really much like the early pub culture and bar culture in the U S you know, pub was not just, uh, a bar. It was like the meeting place of the town, you know, horses were sold at the pub and, you know, deals were made and jobs were earned and, you know, markets kind of sprung up there. Um, so, uh, and, and again, so the whole experience, that whole pub experience, we don't have it as much anymore in the, the U S but it's, it's very much tied to cask and, and real ales and, uh, in the UK. And it's really cool. It's something I've always loved and definitely romanticized about of being kind of tucked somewhere in a a large, like a leatherback chair with a pint of some cask, something, and a Sherlock Holmes book near a fire, eating some fish yes. and chips. I don't yep. know, like something like that. I can see myself doing that for many, 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 many years, and uh, and being very happy about it. <laughs> we'll get to uh, before we end the show. There's a there's kind of a, a quick uh, this or that that uh, Harry and I'll run through. Mm. Uh, basically. Uh, UK or or America in terms of vernacular. I didn't explain that very well, but we'll see soon. Um, <laughs> one thing I wanted to touch on. Yeah. So this uh, this beer that we're drinking, if if you're if you're in the US, uh, you don't have a great chance of getting anything from Siren. Um, if you're in the UK, Bravo. Yeah. I'm jealous. If if this is like if this is your regular kind of go to, um, but. This beer, what I think is kind of cool about this, if you check into a beer from Siren, it'll level up on Untapped. You'll level up the badge uh, for God Save the Queen. Nice. And I'm going to try, for those of you that are listening in the States, uh, and, and maybe everybody is better at this than I am, but you know, when you're talking to your friends and you say, oh yeah, the UK or England or Great Britain... But it, I think a lot of a lot of us don't really understand where the granular differences are, myself included. So for those of you that are listening, and for you, football means soccer, what I would call soccer. Uh, call me out <laughs> on Twitter if I'm wrong. You can you can hit me and Harrison. Please go to do. Twitter, look for at that beer podcast. But uh, God save the Queen. So you'll level this badge up every time you check into an English beer. But then there's also like the Luck of the Irish badge or Wailing for Wales or yep. the Highlander badge. Yep. And you'll you'll level those up for checking into a beer. Let's say you check into a Scottish beer. That'll level up your Highlander badge. But also, God Save the Queen. Ah. And so that works, as I understand, much like the UK itself. The United Kingdom it represents any country in this union of four separate countries. As I understand, England, Scotland... Wales and Ireland and a handful of islands as well. So for reference, as I understand, England is a nation within the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Britain is a region consisting of England and Wales and maybe Northern Ireland. 
Um, they call it Great Britain to help differentiate from a, an area in France. And, right. and I'm not historian or geog- geog- geographically <laughs> inclined enough right. to go into that. Uh, so basically, uh, I think it's it's important that I do a little bit of more research on uh, what's an English beer versus a UK beer. Why are they different? And you can really, I think, get lost. It's complicated, right? It's not as complicated as running for the mayor of London. Right. But definitely (laughs) hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what I messed up. I welcome your education. Harrison, anything off the top of your head? Did I get right or wrong? I, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't want to write, start a more complicated, just a longer thread <laughs> of angry things happening. So let's just leave that there and say that that's hopefully correct. And we're trying our best over here. Google can be, send you many different places for many different answers, um, depending on how loud you yell at Alexa or whatever. Um, so, uh, but for the untapped fan, the uh, London itself, so 9 million people live in London today, uh, I believe. Um, so obviously pretty uh, pretty big city. And um, it was the number one city in the world for untapped check-ins last year with, I think, it, it was either a little more than 2 million or almost 3 million, I forget. But it was millions of check-ins. They were the number one city by a long shot. So... Um, so yeah, again, lots of great beer like this and, and more being consumed there by uh, all and those Londoners. The beer mile in London, like that's a right. that probably attributed half of those check ins. That that's like that should be your dream destination if you're visiting the UK and you want to uh, drink beer. Yeah, it's mine. I mean, we'll get there someday. I can't I can't wait to I disappear behind some tartan blankets talking about Thin Lizzy to some old guy who I'll make listen as I buy many pints of whatever, whatever's there. I'm good. Um, it'll be in the fish and chips. So anyway, I'm dreaming. But uh, I think we're going to jump in right now and kind of talk about some of those things and chips may come up in a moment. Uh, but yeah, as John mentioned before, kind of what, what, uh, what are some, I guess, what's the best way to describe this kind of, when you're talking about, well, well, I'll use an example, an, an easy one. Um, when you're talking about a flat in the UK, well, if you were in the US, you'd be talking about what, John? I guess you'd be talking about a type of shoe. You wouldn't. Well, you could be, but in this oh, case, but I mean, an apartment. exactly, yep. an apartment. Yep. There you go. So we're gonna do whatever this is called. Um, I don't. <laughs> This or yeah, that some, kind of some some differences, <laughs> uh, hopefully some funny differences in uh, in, in in us uh, and and the people who drink beer just like us, but are on the other side of the ocean. Yep, exactly. And this was I first came across this stuff probably as a thirteen year old kid when the Harry Potter books were really big and huge and exciting um, before they were even movies. I kind of read them as they came out, um, early mover on that. But my dad did a lot of business in in London, and he would bring back the British versions of the books, which had all of, if you didn't know this, they have all, right, like they do say, you know, pitch instead of field and lift instead of elevator. And as a 13-year-old reading this book, it was almost like another language where I was like, he keeps talking about playing, you know, Quidditch on this pitch, and what is, what? that's what the baseball guys throw the ball and what's happening. So that was a fun kind of opening up of 
I was told I spoke English my whole life, but I, I don't think I really have. Um, that's, that seems to be a slightly different language. So we're going to have some fun with this right now and see kind of uh, see what I remember and how embarrassed we can make each other. So let's, uh, let's do this. What's first? This is, okay. So let me ask you the first one, John. Um, and we'll keep, keep it simple. Chips or French fries? Where do you land on this? Chips or French fries? What are you eating? They're both the same thing, which still amazes me to this day. Although I love <laughs> that what I call chips, they call crisps. crisps yes. And that really makes a lot of it yes, sounds great. Exactly. Um, so I'm more accustomed to ordering French fries, which really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Or if you go to a fancy <laughs> right. place, you order pommes frites. Mm. Um, but chips, that's what I'd prefer I was able to call them. It would make me feel like I wasn't just eating a handful of French fries. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm, I'm more comfortable with French fries. I, f- I, I, I wish sure. I were better. Yeah, you know, we can't have everything. Um, Where'd we put it? What's next? Here's one for you, Harrison. Right. Uh, and this is incredibly Harrison. Uh, a sweater or a jumper? Well, I mean, I mean so I'm wearing a, my old man sweater, as my wife calls it right now. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, big sweater guy, even bigger cardigan guy though. Um, so immediately I I lean that way. Jumper is fun. Sounds more exciting than any sweater is, um, more movement. Uh, Maybe if it was like a a stuck around the necker or something like a awkward to get in or (laughs) if there were other, other ways to remind yourself every time you put on a sweater, kind of how much what you put on since the last time you wore it. Um, wearing my third layer shirt, keep warm. Right, exactly. Yeah. In the name, but for me, I'll just keep. I mean, again, jumper's fun. It's a great third eye blind song, but I'm gonna stick with sweater Ooh. for now. Uh, even though every time I see jumper, I am taken back once again to my, my formative years and listening to CDs on my Walkman or whatever disc player, whatever that was called. Doesn't matter. Not important. Discman. Discman. That's it. This good. Don't no, even remember. No one has any that work anymore. No, or if you do, they're worth nothing. Or $800, depending on how good you are at eBay. Um, <laughs> all right, John. Let's do this. This is fun. Talked about this a little bit already. All right. A pub or a bar? Where are you going? Where do you see yourself? What's, what's happening? This one may be a little bit more different than the others. There may be, at least in my mind, when I say pub and I say bar, I'm seeing two different things. What yeah, about you? Very much the same. It's, um, I mean, I think when I don't think about it, a pub is a bar and a bar is a pub and they're both basically restaurants. Like if I don't give it much thought, it, it could be almost anything. Right. But now I'm old. And if you ask me, hey, John, <laughs> do you want to get together after work and go to the bar? My answer without thinking <laughs> right. about it is no. no. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm old. Yep. I have to get up sometime tomorrow. Yep. It'll take me a week to recover from visiting the bar. But a pub, mm. it, it makes me feel, and this is this is uh, probably vernacular more than anything, but going to a pub feels more like something to do. I'm going to expect that I can grab a bite to eat. It's not going to be so loud that I can have a conversation and I might not even have to Uber home. Right. So a a pub sounds like a much better night for me. If you asked me 10 years ago, I would, I would go the opposite way. Yeah. You can sleep above the pub in a, you know, next to the mayor's room or whatever, something cool. I don't know. I'm with you there. (laughs) It sounds magical. (laughs) Yeah. Something. 
Um, what about here's I, I think we say this a little bit here in the States, but uh, Harrison, right around like, let's say 1215, 1230 in the afternoon mm-hmm. uh, or half 12. There I think go. if I said that correctly. Right. Um, are you feeling hungry or are you feeling peckish? So I I mean, in my heart of hearts, I know I'm feeling hungry, but in the back of my head, I'm wanting to feel peckish because in my mind, peckish is right a peck, a little I'll just have a little a bite of something. Hungry is give me a ham sandwich with extra ham and some ham on the side. And peckish is I'll just have a biscuit. Thanks. I'll see you later. And that's what I wish I was able to do and not just triple down on the ham. Um, although <laughs> it is we're entering you know mass gaining season, so it's time to it's time to mass up. But um, but yeah, I, I think actually on this one I'll lean peckish, especially middle of the day. Middle of the day in the perfect world, right? Is like a Biscuit and some tea. I might be getting ahead of us here. Um, or, yeah, like something, some nuts. I'm big. I love almonds. Peckish. I think I, I lean more towards the snacking throughout the day than just kind of loading on everything in a, a huge garbage plate. Um, Couldn't agree more. Well, that's, that's for or a different bin different plate. Week. Right. There we go. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So I mentioned this a moment ago, but I'm going to ask you, John. Uh, if I'm offering you a biscuit or a cookie, what is what's your Ooh. answer? What's what's happening? Now we're getting <clears throat> into some pretty uh, pretty deep roots here. <laughs> um, and I I I think every year around Christmas time I have this I'm going to say conversation with my wife because yep. she likes her cookies <laughs> to bait like a saltine is my wife's perfect cookie oh man All and right. for me i want nary cooked chocolate chip dough <laughs> i don't even i don't even care if it's still cold in the middle yeah right so it's, what i i guess what i'm trying to say is for me these are very different things yes. a biscuit is buttery flaky yeah. it's usually yeah. stuffed full of egg and maybe cheese if i'm lucky um yeah so I have a hard, this is probably the hardest one for me Agreed. to see. Like they're two very different things. And it's just because of where I was raised and how I grew up. But I, I want, I don't, I'm going to say I want them both, yep. but I have a hard time identifying a cookie as a biscuit or vice versa. That's, it's as different as hot dog and hamburger to me. Agreed. I, uh, if I couldn't sound more American, <laughs> what about you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll chime in on this one. For this one, yeah, right. A biscuit for me is something I have Saturday morning next to some flapjacks, and it's got some butter on it, and it's you know just more bread to start the day. It's uh, whereas a cookie is right, chocolate chipped and gooey, and I'll have one and then grab five more and eat them as fast as possible. So it might be my trick my brain body into thinking I only had one of them, so that I don't, <laughs> the results don't accumulate on my waistline. Um, tricking your brain right, that's, uh, to eat more. Right, is, yeah, exactly. That's a different podcast. Try and fake it out a little bit. I distract it with a bird or a commercial, and I huff some more cookies. Um, but, uh, yeah, so likewise, very different to me. Uh, I couldn't, yeah, this is a tough one for me to imagine a biscuit as anything other than something for, for a weekend morning. Um, but, uh, again, that's, uh, that's just me. I guess we are all, there's some things are, are stronger than 
I don't know, words or whatever. And those are memories. I don't know what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. Not important. Yeah, it's, it, you, you started in a direction that almost became an Instagram quote. It, if, I, if I owned it more, it probably could have been. If I just, if I just acted There's like I knew what I was talking about. Plenty more subtle differences. Uh, queuing up versus lining. Uh, the boot versus your trunk. Oh. Um, I, and, and all of it's just kind of meant in, in, in jest. Honestly, whenever I say the English version of the word, I feel more eloquent, um, sure. which is uh, we're going on holiday. It sounds brilliant as, a, as opposed to vacation. Right, exactly. Right. Vacation is I'm angry. I'm in traffic somewhere. I've forgotten something at home. It's everybody else's fault. I, and I can't wait for it to be over because this bed is horrible that I'm forced to sleep in. <laughs> Holiday is magical. I'm whisked away to something new. There's snow, but it's somehow not cold. It's just perfect. Everything's perfect. And I'm in a small kind of inn somewhere in a mountain and uh, and just eating Belgian waffles. I have a problem with bread. Skiing. Right, yep. exactly. But that's, yeah, so there's two different experiences there um, for sure. Yeah, holiday sounds like what I wish I could get, but I'm, I know I've got a lifetime of vacations ahead of me. There's certainly plenty of little, I don't know, idiosyncrasies probably isn't the right word, but it sounded cool to say. Uh, plenty of little differences we might have missed out on. Uh, but for those of you listening in the in, here in the States, uh, you know, the, if, if there's anything you should walk away learning, it's that we're more alike than different. Uh, than the people across the pond, and they make really good beer. If you're listening overseas in the United Kingdom, sorry. Um, right, I hope you had a couple laughs. Or sorry, I was probably many. wrong on some things. But speaking of which, Untapped's European Virtual Beer Festival, we're partnering with an online shipper out of London, uh, the beer merchants. The dates have been moved back a little bit, so it'll be November 28th or 28 November. Um, anybody that's already like elected and bought tickets, uh, no problem. The event's just going to get moved back a little bit later in the day. If you're unsure or haven't heard of it yet, go to Untapped and check out the European Festival link. There's some pretty cool stuff. You can be a, a fan of hops or you can kind of yeah. get your head into just about everything. Drink some beer along with Greg and the gang online. Uh, anything else coming up, Harrison? That's right. So we have our last Drinking Socially live tomorrow. If you listen to this on Wednesday, the day uh, this podcast comes out, we've been doing for the past, uh, now it'll be the third week, uh, live Drinking Socially every Thursday on Untap's uh, social media. So it's been a lot of fun so far. I've had some fast food. We've uh, talked about American football. Um, and we're going to finish it well up. Played. Right. I caught myself there um, with Alicia and Mel, the co-founders of Work For Your Beer. So we're going to, John and I are going to, I think, in reality, lay on some yoga mats and uh, then drink some beer. But I think it's being perhaps broadcast as us working out and then beer. We're going to see what happens tomorrow. And if this has already happened and you're not, it's not tomorrow, it's still on untapped.com slash TV. Everything that we do is there. So you can check it out and see if we survived if i was if i did more than just kind of lay there hoping that no one noticed me um i don't yeah, know that'd be a great time to like just if i haven't already offended you hit the nine one on your phone and watch along and get ready, for get me. ready to save Maybe the John's first time life. i've worked out since most of you were kids um 
that's great. <laughs> two beers in one podcast, Harrison, yeah. which we always do, but I guess two different beers. True. Siren uh, Craft Brewery made hops new for me again. These were delicious, yeah. and I'm jealous of the one that you got to drink, Yeah, Harrison. We'll so have to look cool. for a, a beer made with Talus hops in Keep the an future. eye out, guys. Yeah, I mean, it was a final thought on it. It's great. I mean, it's very... It's like a smoother cascade. That's what I'll say as a takeaway. So check it out. And cookies and biscuits. Yeah. Both of them are great. Exactly. It's a win-win there. If you have a cookie in one hand and a biscuit in the other, you've won the day. Um, and tune in next week, guys. We're drinking two more beers. Uh, so two, again, two different beers. Uh, we're doubling, troubling back-to-back here. Uh, from a little brewery you may have heard of that starts with tree and ends with house. <laughs> show notes for this episode and all of our episodes are available at podcasts.untapped.com if you have any questions or feedback about this episode connect with untapped on twitter facebook or instagram or join our facebook group uh, or send harrison and i a direct message on twitter at that yeah. beer podcast yeah exactly other than that we'll see you guys next week Perfect timing. I'm almost out of it. As am I. Cheers. Cheers.